0: a DIY manual for the construction of stories by Steve Almond available from Zando. Go get your copy right now, wherever you buy books. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. All right, everybody, how you doing out there? This is The Other People Show. I'm Brad Listy here in Los Angeles. Happy holidays to everybody. It's the holiday season. I hope you're doing okay. It's good to be with you as we prepare ourselves to bid farewell to 2022. Another year. Another year of doing this show, of uh, talking with writers, of reading books, which always, in a certain sense, is a kind of radical act. Maybe especially so these days. People who read seriously. On a regular basis you know I don't know how many of us there are I really don't you know I know there are thousands hopefully there are millions there are millions probably worldwide but not that many millions out of the billions of people that are living here and you know I'm talking about people who are really in it who really love this stuff who are sustained by books and who perpetuate literary culture we are in the minority in the grand scheme of things and that's okay. I feel like that's all right. I feel like maybe that's exactly as it should be. And what I'm trying to say is that I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be doing this work. I'm glad to be in your company. Because I think that books matter greatly. That's why I do this show. It's why I write books or try to write books. It's why I read books. I read, I think, 62 books this year somewhere in there right around 62 books and it's funny because I was talking with a friend of mine just yesterday about the show and he was asking me about you know the year in review and what I thought about it and then he asked me in particular what I thought the worst episode of the year was (laughs) and uh, you know usually there probably is one if I'm being honest and maybe there's more than one so I was on the phone with this friend of mine and I went to my computer because I was trying to recollect and I went to otherppl.com, the show's website where I, I could scroll through every episode from 2022 and the honest to God truth is that I could not decide which episode was the worst. Which is to say they all seemed pretty good to me or better than pretty good. I have fond memories is what I'm saying of all of them. There's not a stinker in the bunch. I started this year talking with Claire Massoud, who had never done the show before and who was an absolute delight. I got to talk to Jamie Attenberg again, who is one of our hardest working writers, a great cheerleader for other writers. I talked with Rachel Krantz. I got to meet her for the first time, award-winning journalist with whom I had a really great conversation about polyamory and Buddhism, among other things. And interestingly, right after Rachel and I had our conversation, we found out that Thich Nhat Hanh died. That happened this year. And we were talking about him in the conversation. Somehow he came up and then we hung up after the conversation ended. And right away, we both saw the news. It's just an odd coincidence. And it gave us the chills. Uh, who else? Antoine Wilson, his big breakout book this year, Mouth to Mouth. Fun to catch him at that moment. Sheila Hetty, who was uh, this year's most downloaded episode, number one. She appeared on the show for a second time to celebrate her novel Pure Color. And uh, Cara Blue Adams, author of the story collection You Never Get It Back, surely one of the best debuts of the year. We had a great talk, loved meeting Cara Blue Adams. Uh, Lily Analick a writer for Vanity Fair. She and I talked about her biography of the late great Eve Babbitt's. That episode was the third most downloaded of the year. And by the way, uh, in terms of the countdown, in case you're not aware, I've been counting down the top 15 episodes, like most downloaded episodes of the year on social media. The best place to check that out is probably on Instagram, the other PPL.podcast Instagram feed. That's the handle, is that how you say that? The handle on Instagram is at otherppl.podcast? I think so. You can check out the top 15 most downloaded episodes of the year as determined by you, the listeners. So, you know, I like I could go on. There's a lot of episodes in a, in a given year, in a weekly show. John Keene, the poet, author of the collection Punks. It was great to meet him and talk to him earlier this year and then to watch him go on to win the National Book Award for Poetry. That was a thrill because I have to admit, I was not surprised at all. I knew when I read that collection that it would contend for major awards because it's just one of those books, you know, you read it and you go, there cannot be too many poetry collections better than this one published in any given year. And sure enough, He wins the National Book Award. Uh, Anna Cana Schofield, got to meet her for the first time. Hilarious, like one of the funniest writers I talked to all year, if not the funniest. And such an easy guest, you know, like you just say hello and maybe you ask a question and then she takes over. So it was a lot of fun talking with Anna Cana Schofield. Her novel, Bina, is excellent. Julia Mae Jonas. Oh my God, like talk about a debut. If you want to read uh, a good old fashioned literary fiction novel, read Vladimir by Julia Mae Jonas. It is to me reminiscent of The Secret History by Donna Tartt, not because of the style or the subject matter, even though they do both have a campus element, but because both books are for debuts in particular, extraordinarily self-assured, and they just have this undeniable quality. It's like, okay, this is an excellent writer. Already great, like right out of the gates. Uh, Kate Folk, speaking of which, her story collection, Out There, one of the better debuts of the year. That was my dog Twiggy. She just barked. But uh, Out There by Kate Folk. I I think Twiggy likes it, maybe, is what she's trying to say. It's just one of those collections that, you know, you read it, and you immediately know you're in the hands of a great talent so smart yeah eerie unsettlingly plausible it's speculative fiction at its best and it has a sense of humor too so fun meeting Kate Folk and I mean you know like I said I, I could be here all day Steve Almond returning to the show one of the best guests Nada Alec another wonderful debut uh, called bad thoughts such a gifted writer elizabeth strout pulitzer prize winner appearing on the show for the first time to talk about lucy by the sea i think that might have been like if maybe that was the best interview that i did what's weird is that when i talked to elizabeth strout i I was nervous because it was elizabeth strout i'd never talked to her before she seemed serious she won the pulitzer i can get freaked out by somebody's bio when it gets like that But you know, I've done this for a while and I sort of steeled myself and I did the interview and when it was over, I felt like I had fucked it up. And then I listened to the playback and I was like, wait a minute, actually, this is really good. I think I was like afraid and on edge during the interview but I held it together and then Elizabeth Strout just sort of owned it and we got into good territory. I feel like we covered it all. Like we covered the book but we also got into really interesting craft stuff and she was just very generous and and good at talking about that and listeners loved that episode I think that was the fifth most downloaded and it appeared uh, in the back half of the year so the fact that it shot up to number five is a good showing Chelsea Martin oh my god tell me I'm an artist that novel you need to read that one if you're a creative person who is trying to make a go of it in any respect. I feel like maybe that's an underrated novel. I think that's gonna be one of those novels that just survives and keeps getting passed around. Uh, Tell Me I'm an Artist by Chelsea Martin. She's, she's such a good writer, natural narrative gift, funny as hell in a dry and understated way. But this book has such a big heart. Uh, I loved it, I loved it. A.M. Holmes. First time she has ever appeared on the show, uh, talking about her excellent novel, which takes apart, it's called The Unfolding. God, I hope I have my memory right. But it takes apart the last 10 years of our political history in particular, 10 to 15 years, tries to examine what has happened to this country, but does so by investigating uh, the lives and the times of three dimensional characters who might fall outside the comfort zone or the natural social milieu of the average like literary person she gets into the money people she gets into the right-wing money people uh, and their lives and she humanizes them it's not just like a screed or something you know but it it teaches a lot it tells a lot it teaches a lot about everything that we've been through and maybe where we're going great to meet am holmes morgan talty one of the best debuts of the year uh, Night of the Living Res. I think it became a New York Times bestseller. Made a ton of end of the year lists, all that stuff. Same with Jonathan Escoffre. Holy hell! Uh, it's called If I Survive You. I always, you know, I get these titles jumbled in my head. There's a lot of lot of books out there. But if I Survive You by Jonathan Escoffre, another excellent debut. What I'm realizing as I talk is how many great debut story collections there were this year. Uh, you know, at least in terms of authors that I talked with on this show. Very strong showing. Uh, Lynn Tillman returned to the show for a second time. That was a thrill. She's a great one. You know, talk about a writer with a devoted cult following whose influence is really deep and whose intellect and... Like the control of her book, Mother Care, on the page is what stays with me. I've told her this repeatedly. Like I've emailed her like more than once (laughs) Uh, to the point where I think she might think I'm weird, where I'm just like, wow, this is a really admirable, tough-minded book. And I think that I admire it so much because I can maybe get too sentimental on the page or too emotional or something, especially when dealing with tough stuff. And her book is a lesson in how to just go right at that stuff and to... Not lose it, you know. Just to be clinical and un- unsparing, not only of whatever subject matter there is, or whatever whatever people you might be describing, or things you might be describing, but also unsparing in descriptions of oneself. You know, maybe that's the most salient lesson of all. So, Lynn Tillman, excellent talk. Chantal V. Johnson, okay, another outstanding debut novel called post dramatic i've recommended this book to a lot of people Uh, incredibly emotionally intelligent a page turner uh, moving remarkably assured for a debut can't wait to see what she writes next uh andrew uh, andrew sean greer Pulitzer prize winner first time on this show celebrating the the sequel to his Pulitzer Prize-winning novel, *Less*, with uh, the new one called Less is Lost. He was a delightful human being. Lynn Steger-Strong came back. Who am I forgetting? I know I'm forgetting people, but I love Lynn Steger-Strong. She's such a lovable human and just a top-flight writer of fiction. She appeared on the show for a second time, and just to, you know, I love talking with her. She's a great talent. Pete Sue was on the show not too long ago celebrating his award-winning collection and he and I hit it off. My dad actually, I think my dad texted me about that one. He was like, really enjoyed Pete (laughs) Sue. Like my dad will text me every once in a while because my parents have started listening to the show in earnest and when I get reviews, they're usually, you know, like declarative sentences, especially for my dad. Like really enjoyed it good episode you know that kind of thing but pete i want you to know that you got uh my father's uh, approval stamp of approval emily peiffer another recent one uh i loved her book the running body if you are trying to write a trauma narrative if you're trying to write a memoir if you're trying to untangle a ball of yarn like a ball of emotional yarn and deal with tough stuff and sorta of like I was I was saying with regard to Lynn Tillman, if you're trying to if you're trying to look at something difficult, involving yourself clearly and clinically, and to deliver to the reader an experience that is moving and involving and human, but also not sentimental or schmaltzy or you know, all the traps that we can kind of find ourselves in as writers. Emily Pfeiffer's the running body is an extraordinarily well-written and beautifully written. It's beautifully written at the level of efficiency. I want to say it's 180 pages or 200 pages, and it covers years of her life and big experiences and difficult subject matter, like emotional, psychological, philosophical. And it just feels like one of those books that she really did the work on. And it's about long distance running, and she's like a competitive athlete and a former, you know, collegiate long distance runner. So there is a level of labor and toughness and stamina, like that's evident on the page. Maybe I'm projecting her, but that's the way it felt. That's the way it reads. So great debut by her. Uh, Allegra Hyde, I just talked with recently. Her book, Eleutheria, the novel, uh, one of the most, what did the, the New Yorker called it, one of the best books of the year. You know, so that's some pretty high praise. And it's a novel about climate that comes at it from a really smart angle and doesn't just scare the shit out of you <laughs> with, you know, worst-case scenarios, but rather presents the issue through the lens of characters in a kind of prismatic way. And the at the sentence level, it's just... It's just great. And I loved meeting Allegra. She's lovely. She just sent me a nice note in the mail with some instructions on how to make a terrarium. Uh, George Saunders. How could I forget George? The number two most downloaded episode of the year. He he returned to the Other People podcast for the third time to celebrate the publication of uh, his new story collection, his first new story collection in a decade called Liberation Day. And we took a tour of that collection, story by story. That's what that episode is, just going through that book, story by story. And, you know, you get to hear George kind of ruminate on how those individual stories were created. He is, you know, as advertised. Everybody knows he's a nice guy. At this point, it's almost like silly seeming to talk about how nice George Saunders is. But he really is a a mensch, very generous, no... You know there's no ego uh, for a guy who is as celebrated as he is he comes to the to the conversation ready to talk and he's always grateful you know he's always grateful and humble and uh, i just love george and talking with him and honored to have him back on the show and then uh, just last week i think the last guest of 2022 was sam lipsite again uh, a returning champion i want to say it was his third uh, guest slot and he is celebrating the publication of a great new novel called No One Left to Come Looking for You which is all of the thi- you know all of the things that we have come to expect from Sam Lipsyte smart wonderful sentences funny as hell elegiac you know it's like that sad hyphen funny thing that he's a master of and it happens to function as a good like junky mystery set in lower manhattan in the early 1990s in like a, an art punk band that whole scene so I know I've forgotten some people. I apologize if you're out there and you're listening, and you're like, the motherfucker forgot to mention me. Um, I loved everybody. I truly enjoyed every conversation. Who else? I feel bad. I feel like I should mention everybody. But Oh, I did the beat, not beat, uh, poetry. Uh, I did like a roundtable about beat poetry. That was an odd one and fun. Not something I normally do, and it turned out really well. Uh, Mike McGinnis was on the book, on the show, talking about his novel, which is another kind of climate novel. That was back in the spring. Great to meet him. You know, just a big year and a lot of fun doing this show. I really love it. And oh, I, I guessed it on the show. <laughs> I suppose I should mention that first time ever first time and I'm doing the, you know I've been doing this show 11 years and I was the guest this past year when my novel be brief and tell them everything published and Steve Almond uh he sat in my chair as the host first time that that has ever happened so I owe him a debt of gratitude for interviewing me and yeah just a big year the other people podcast a record number of listeners and downloads for I think like the sixth or seventh consecutive year it just keeps growing and that heartens me and I'm super appreciative of everybody out there who listens to this show and I should mention that the podcast has a growing listenership overseas uh, in particular down under in Australia and in particular in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, there's a big fan base down there I want to say hello to you if you're in Melbourne Australia I want to say hello to you in Canada in Britain in Ireland uh, Scotland New Zealand Sweden Germany I see these numbers coming in from these places and I'm just like who are you over there if you're in one of these you know f- far-flung locations write to me at letters at other and let me know what's going on I can't figure out why so many people in Melbourne Australia know about my show who, is somebody talking about it down there? What's happening? So, what else? Yeah, I mean, just thank you in general to everybody who listens, and thank you in particular to everyone kind enough to support this show on Patreon. As I often say, I, I make this, uh, I make this plea in pretty much every episode because I have to. Uh, The Other People podcast is offered freely. There are no paywalls. Everything, all 800 and some odd episodes are made available to listeners free of charge. And that is because I want these conversations to be widely and easily available. I don't like paywalls as a listener and I don't want to create paywalls for you guys. I want as well for the authors who guest on my show to be able to share those conversations with their readers without obstruction or hassle. So I'm just trying to make it easy to listen. But in doing that, I lose revenue that I could otherwise get with paywalls by putting a bunch of episodes behind a wall and charging people for access. I do not do that, and so I do count on regular listeners, people who like this show and who listen and who get something from it, I am counting on you guys to support this show, to support this work that I do so that I can continue to do it. And it is a lot of work, and I'm not complaining one bit. It is work that I love to do. And I've done it for 11 years, week after week, often for no money at all. And over the years, as the show has gotten bigger and better and has generated some profit and it's gotten more sophisticated, and podcasting has grown as a medium, you know, things have just kind of snowballed. And so now the time that it takes me to put an episode together has gotten to, you know, 25 to 40 hours a week. And that includes, you know, the reading, the prep, the interview itself, post-production, and then all of the social media stuff that I do, the YouTube channel. The video highlights, the edit, you know, editing video, editing all the audio, the clips on TikTok and Instagram, you, you know, you name it. There's a lot going on. So if you're out there and you're listening and you enjoy this program, I hope this holiday season you will consider supporting the Other People podcast. You can do so for as little as $1 a month. That's the other thing. I'm asking for your support, but I also understand That not everybody is super flush. I get that. So I've made it possible to support this show for $1 a month, $1. That's it, throw a dollar in the hat. And if you're in a more fortunate situation, you can throw $10 in the hat every month, 20, 50, whatever it is. Uh, If you're a billionaire, you know, give me a call. (laughs) But it's easy to do. It should be, I think, easy to do for people at just about every income level. Just go to patreon.com slash other PPL pod and it's pretty self-explanatory. Support the Other People podcast. Patreon.com slash other PPL pod. Other good ways to support the show, Uh, you can join the the, the book club. If you want to get a book every month, just go to the nervousbreakdown.com, Click on book club. It's 10 bucks a month. That is a way of supporting the show. That does help. And another easy way to uh, to support the other people podcast is to rate it and review it wherever you listen. So if you listen on Apple Podcasts, go give it a rating and rate it or and review it. It doesn't take long and it does help because the more ratings and the more reviews and the more subscribers that a show gets, the better it does in the algorithm. Uh, all right. I think that's it. That went on longer than I thought it was going to go on. I haven't done a monologue this long in years. So, thanks for bearing with me. I'm just sitting here talking, and it's almost Hanukkah. It's almost Christmas. It's almost Kwanzaa, I think. I don't know when all of this stuff is, but you know what I mean. It's the holiday season, and in keeping with tradition, there is a holiday episode today. All right, as evidenced by the music. I am joined in this holiday episode by Joseph Grantham, my longtime uh, social media director and you know, and other people super fan from way back in the day. Timothy Willis Sanders, who was a guest on this show earlier this year. For goodness sake. Modern Massacres, his wonderful book. And just one of the funniest, I mean, the, the conversation that we had, what was the feedback that I got when I talked to Tim Sanders? It was basically just like, wow, you guys should be friends, or you guys should hang out. I feel like you, you guys need to go out on a mandate. These are things that I was hearing from people. But alas, you know, Timothy Willis Sanders lives in San Francisco. I'm in Los Angeles. It's a bit of a long distance situation, but maybe one day. And he was uh, here for the holiday episode once again. I think he was, he's been on the holiday episode the past couple of years, I think. I can never remember. And then uh, Gene Morgan, a stalwart presence on the holiday episode for many years. Founder of HTML, uh, HTML. Jesus Christ, founder of HTML giant and just a wonderful literary citizen and human being and funny as hell. Uh, Mira Gonzalez was supposed to join us. She had agreed to appear on the holiday episode, but it was recorded. I should let you know at 8am Pacific today, just this morning, because I'm so behind and, uh, didn't have my shit together the holiday episode is always that way for me it's always a mad scramble I stress out about it maybe more than any other episode of the year because there's it's just so like what's gonna happen I don't know we're just gonna talk there's gonna be like 10 people sometimes there's 10 people today there was just you know four of us or whatever but it just feels crazy and I always feel like uh, I don't know what it's gonna be it's just gonna be annoying maybe that's the point But actually, it turns out, you know, the edit, you know, some years I've had to edit it really heavily (laughs) because it just spirals. But uh, Joey Grantham, Timothy Willis Sanders, Gene Morgan and I got on the phone at 8 a.m. Mira Gonzalez didn't wake up, couldn't be bothered, slept in, can't function before 11 a.m. Was completely put off by the fact that we were up bright and early trying to create podcast content. But Mira was there in spirit and we all got together to have a laugh and to celebrate 2022 and to put a, you know, some kind of punctuation mark on the Other People podcast for this calendar year. So without any further rambling by me, let's get to it. This is the 2022 holiday episode with myself, Joseph Grantham, Timothy Willis Sanders, and Gene Morgan.
1: Sleeping. She's sleeping. She's
2: sleeping yeah. No, no, I'm yeah. not
0: leaving her alone. She committed to this. Let's see. Let's see if we can get her on the phone.
3: Something. Like this showbiz baby.
0: Yeah, it's not show friends. Show business. <laughs> it's
1: not show
3: friends. Oh. Joe's <laughs> jumping to Wikipedia. It says it says on her wikipedia that she doesn't wake up before <laughs> 1 p.m. in the afternoon.
4: Says so she does, well it specifically says she doesn't podcast before 9 a.m.
0: <laughs> the uh the audio got cut off earlier as you guys know. We were talking about uh Joey winning $500 from
4: James Patterson. Oh my God, how many times are you going to make me talk about my cat <laughs> dying of cancer? I'm
3: I'm sorry. I'm sorry about your cat, Joey. Yeah, I we just, just want to things. offer.
4: It's the holidays.
0: It's rough. We want to offer our condolences because your cat has lymphoma. It's really sad. And I just wanted to, uh, you know, let listeners know that if they would like to uh, donate to the care of your cat, they can do that. We should set up some sort of uh, fund for, the, what is it, Tammy? Yeah, Tammy Warnett. Tammy Warnett. So if you're out um, if you're out there and you're listening this holiday season and you would like to help Tammy um, enjoy comfort in her final days, you can uh, you can send uh, what Joey money through uh, what Venmo? Is that how the kids do it these yeah, days? Yeah,
4: Joseph hyphen Grantham. <laughs> um, I would like to say that she's only four years old. So you know, if you're with your animal Aww. and you're like, I've got a decade left with my dog or cat or turtle just uh you never know and uh cherish the time you have with your animals
0: hug your turtle gene I yeah do.
1: yeah yeah i do hug my turtle
0: a lot a lot <laughs> like I, I i to an uncomfortable degree i think we oh uh,
1: man that's incur uh, yeah hugging the turtle hugging the turtle
0: what is everybody's plan for the holiday
3: uh i'm going to sedona whoa yeah, I've never seen the Grand Canyon, so my, my wife insisted that we we drive down. We'll be, um, we'll be with a little pup. We got a little red adobe house about an hour away from the park. So, yeah, That's I'm looking awesome. forward to it.
0: Yeah. I went th- No, I went there uh, a few years ago at this time of year, like just after the New Year. It's a good time to be there, actually, the winter, and it's gorgeous. You'll have a good time. All right, I'm looking forward to it. Gene, what are you doing?
1: I'm going to Utah, Park City, nice. Utah
0: snowboarding yeah
1: uh no i don't Hmm. i ski good yeah i'll do like probably a day or so but i'm just going to my in-laws have a i have a uh in what deer valley i don't know i've never been this is my first time going to it they like houses house house people.
4: people all right joey what are you doing I'm staying here on Christmas, and then the day after, I'm flying uh, to the Bay Area to see my parents. But uh, Ashley and I are going to have Christmas here together. I'm going to miss you, bud. I know. We will... Yeah, you'll be in Sedona. Is that where the vortexes are?
3: Yeah, they're they're like... um... I don't know. They're, yeah, they're like spiritual vortexes around the park where people with, um, with dreadlocks come. <laughs> White guys with dreadlocks. White guys with dreadlocks. Uh, uh, A lot of toe know, rings. Gather yeah. around the vortex. Yeah. Nip- nip- nipple rings and belly button tattoos. It's good. Joey, you
0: missing the opportunity to we'll be- uh, smoke weed with Tim and get super paranoid. Double over in anxiety. Did you like <laughs> yeah. what happened to you when you smoked with Tim last time? Did you truly have a panic attack? Or
4: no, it was fine. It was just like, oh yeah. A meet 30 seconds after inhaling, it was like, oh yeah, this is what I was describing to Tim. Uh yeah, that happens but, to me. My anxiety. But, and then we watched like Anthony Bourdain uh, or something.
3: But I, I'm such a calming, calming presence. I just held <laughs> Joey to my bosom <laughs> and just he, petted him. Yeah. He felt He felt better immediately. I was watching.
4: I looked at Tim's bookshelf. What was on it? (laughs) Frederick Barthelme. Hey,
0: everybody. If you are a writer or an aspiring writer, or if you just love literature, I have a book for you. It's called Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories. It is the long-awaited craft book by Steve Almond, Joey, you do not have a MacBook. We were having some technical difficulties earlier.
1: Damn. I want to
0: say we were supposed to have Mary Gonzalez here, but she is not woken woken up. She's not awake. She was telling me that she doesn't have a laptop. She's just on her phone. I, so you're just rolling with a phone. Is that what it is, Joey?
4: My laptop is from 2013, and it like got to the point where it won't... It's too old to update any of the like Chrome or anything like that. So... Okay. I'm waiting for it to. Uh, <laughs> I'm waiting for <clears throat> Brad to mail uh, me. We should a new all. Laptop. We should all uh, acknowledge uh, the
0: fact that that uh, shiny new microphone that Joseph is using is my uh, holiday gift to him. This beautiful. It is. is sounds good
3: too. You're just like. You just like throw it in his face, like for the rest of his life. Like,
0: I, I will only speak to him on that microphone going forward. I expect him to be. Use that's the it. microphone, that's it. I Joey. I want good sound.
3: It's like, hey Joey, remember when I bought you that microphone? Wasn't that cool? actually?
4: Ashley, Ashley said that's kind of a coercive gift. <laughs> she was like, because now you kind of have to like podcast yeah, with. Yeah, that's Brad. right.
0: Now you're locked in. Um. I I have a question, though, about like not having a laptop computer like Mira was like, I don't have a laptop. And I was like, okay. but then lately she's been like hassling me about whether or not I know anybody who works at Ticketmaster because she wants to go to this Taylor Swift concert. I guess this Taylor Swift uh, tour is like all, you know, it's a huge uh, it's a huge to do. And
3: Mira. I like the 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 notion that everybody that works at Ticketmaster is just sitting on <laughs> a pile of Taylor Swift tickets. I mean she's like
0: yeah. they are the yeah, Ticketmasters. Ticket exactly. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I was like, you know, I was like, Mira, like how much are you willing to spend? And she's like, like up to like two thousand dollars or fifteen hundred dollars to go to this show. And then last night she's like, Yeah, but I don't have a laptop. I'm like, what are you doing? You're gonna drop two grand to go to a concert with uh, for a pop star, but you do, you know, you don't have a computer in 2022. It's a lot cooler than a laptop
1: to go to the concert. I've got a yeah, the laptop. That's kind of lame. It's kind of lame to have a laptop at this point. Yeah. If you don't have one, I think you're cool. because you, you have
0: a phone right. and what Thank you're just you. rolling on the phone. That's all you need.
1: Yeah, like you're living free. Like that's living free you just have a phone
3: i have like i have like three
4: laptops
1: (laughs) yeah exactly i've got like nine laptops i have so many laptops oh
4: my god guys mail me an old laptop just not one that's from 2013 (laughs) uh, anyone out there is listening
0: in in addition to uh providing uh joey's cat with palliative care if you could send him uh, a macbook that would be appreciated
4: doesn't have to be a fancy macbook just like all the basic stuff Um, thank you thank you to whoever's listening I know there's some fancy writer listening to this or a writer who like wants to be on other people. Michael Shabon, <laughs> if you're listening,
3: get Joey a laptop.
4: Michael Shabon, I'd get a Michael Chaboner for you if you send me a
0: MacBook.
4: Oh, easy, this is a family show. Uh, I'm sorry, but uh, I wanted to out. say we that can, there's...
3: We can beep out Chab- Chaboner. <laughs>
4: There's got to be some writer who like self-published something and wants to be on the show <laughs> and is a little self-conscious about their work, but wants to but be on a podcast. L- and if you send me a MacBook, I will definitely get you on the Other People podcast. Wow.
3: Definitely sounds like yeah. the type of person that has like three thousand dollars like <laughs> laying around to send you. Yeah,
4: uh, no, it, those are the like they the vanity books, you know? They uh, yeah, like a memoir about when they worked it like chase bank or something or or a memoir about collecting boats or something
3: i would read both those those things a memoir (laughs) about collecting boats (laughs)
1: yeah like yachts like my yacht collection the boat (laughs) (laughs) collector.
3: yeah
0: (laughs) i'm fascinated by the world of uh high-end like the people who have the super yachts like that whole culture is really creepy and interesting to me these people who live on these boats and who compete with one another you know what i'm talking about
1: yeah like how does it get to that level like you have a like in order to have a yacht i i don't it's not like you just like have a cool boat like you have an entire crew oh yeah you've got like you know 20 people working on your yacht all the
3: time it's like a small business yeah
4: (laughs) You have your own genre of rock music. Come on. <laughs> it's like $2 million
0: a year or something to staff and to fuel one of those boats, you know, to keep it like operational.
1: Yeah. You can't even go on land. Yeah. How, la- how lame is I that? I mean, but
0: you have like a car and like a helicopter on the boat, you know? So when you get to land, you like peel off in your Ferrari or whatever, but
1: yeah, but your yacht can't go on. land. No, that's not yet. It's kind of lame. It's kind of lame. These yachts, they can't even get on.
4: All days. of this is to say there's someone listening who has yachts who can, you <laughs> know, like cr- send crying me crying right now. a grand. <laughs>
3: like, you guys don't, you guys, my favorite podcast, they don't understand me and my, my, all my yachts. <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, Brad, before you started recording, you were telling us that you have the same microphone that... Michael Jackson used. This is indeed the sure right. SM7B, which Michael Jackson feel, used to record. I feel like earlier. we should we should unpack
3: that a little
4: <laughs> bit. Yeah, <laughs> that's just one of many things that you and Michael Jackson have in common. <laughs> <laughs> uh, MJ, hopefully, it's the only thing. It is uh, uh, no, it's the microphone. I guess that uh, it's like the industry standard for uh,
0: podcasters. The sure SM7B, and so, uh, it's been with me for several years now. And I was told. I don't even know where I heard that, but someone was like, "Yeah, that's the microphone that Michael Jackson used to record Thriller," which I took to be like a a uh, confirmation of its excellence. So, it mean, does it sound good? It sounds good, right?
1: Yeah, you sound you sound silky and smooth. All right, yeah,
0: sure. Well, I'm trying to find some music. Let me see if I can get the right song here.
3: This is like the heaviest Christmas party ever. Yeah. <laughs>
4: wait i'm just you know if we were in person i'd just be walking around the different groups chatting being like yeah my cat is dying and then everyone would just stop talking this is
0: an 8 a.m christmas party too we're doing uh morning this is the first time we've ever recorded the christmas episode at 8 a.m pacific standard time
3: last year we were like in a roman forum with like 30 people it was it was great yeah this, this was put to,
0: this was put together at the last minute i have to admit uh, trying to race and get this, this done and this is i more do, intimate this is an intimate gathering and i feel like this is a good group uh, of people to talk about the demise of uh book form we just learned that book oh, form yeah, is no longer.
1: very sad yeah yeah speaking to people with yachts
0: no but yeah. i think it is it's uh it's the penske like the penske billionaire's own book forum i think i read that somewhere uh, but here's the thing. I kind of feel like all the people on Twitter like bemoaning the closing of book forum. I would say that like a good eighty-five percent of them have never read Book Forum or bought an issue of Book Forum yeah. once in their lives. <laughs>
1: I, I haven't read Book Forum in ten years, to be honest. Yeah.
3: But I, <laughs> but I actually I actually do read Book Forum and it, but it's like the only it's like the only thing I read.
4: <laughs> like I've I've used- read it before and I read it the other day when I saw that it was dying i read some of the, <laughs> the online articles and they were good
3: i don't read everything but but yeah probably about 50 percent of book form i i engaged with
0: do you are you a subscriber tim does it like is there a physical i was
3: i was for like a year but then you get like the the giant newspaper sized magazine and i just i couldn't do that so i <laughs> i let my <laughs> subscription lapse
0: oh okay Joey, uh, I think we can also now shift in the spirit of book forum shuddering. We can shift to the in memoriam segment of the holiday episode. Uh, You know, we lost some good people this year in the literary community. Yeah. We would like to uh, acknowledge that. So, Joey, why don't you take us on a tour here?
4: Yeah, I'll just take you on a little tour. Um, We lost libertarian satirist uh, PJ O'Rourke. Um, at the age of 74. Wow. R. Did R. you P. all... What did you... Th- I've shelved his books many times at the bookstore, but um, I've never read his work. You want to know something interesting is that when I was like in
0: fourth or fifth grade, I learned of PJ O'Rourke. One of my friends was into reading him somehow at like the age of 10. I don't know how that worked, but I distinctly remember him telling me about PJ O'Rourke. But that's really... I mean, I saw him on Bill Maher's show a couple times, I think, through the years. like Or talk shows, you know, I'd see him, but I never really got into it.
4: Yeah. Supposedly Um,
0: a a satirist.
4: Let's see who else passed away. Um, David McCullough, National Book Award winning, Pulitzer Prize winning biographer and historian. He
3: did the the john adams uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well I he was like read it,
0: but. He, he did all the vo's for the ken for the ken burns right he's like the voice of the ken burns like history documentaries what yeah. the hell's so funny about that
3: no my my wife just woke up and she's like who, who the hell are you talking to <laughs> <laughs> just tell her you're talking uh, to a... hold on
1: we're talking about serious
3: things. We're talking about yeah. dead people. Join the Christmas party, the podcast that I did.
0: Let's bring her on. Let's see if she uh, wants to join. She can <laughs> sit down know. and wave to us.
3: What's up? She, she's
0: welcome to join if she wants to. Uh...
3: I don't think she's in the mood to join. <laughs> <laughs>
4: um, in a more literary vein, uh, Javier Marias passed away on September 11th.
3: I didn't know um, that. That's really sad. I'm a big fan. That sucks. I just heard about that. That's wild.
4: Yeah, he was 70 years old. I've actually not read his work yet, but I've always been meaning to. You, know, you like
3: should. That. It's it's really spicy and it's good. Cool.
4: Hilary Mantel, author of the Wolf Hall trilogy. Wow. That's
0: another set of books I need to read. I, but I'll say this. like This is what happened to me. This is a phenomenon that I think has something to do with social media and the internet is that somebody dies and then I spend all this time reading their obits and the the reflections on their, you know, and then I get super, I become like a huge fan based on the memorializing. And then I feel bad about myself for not having read the work or seen the movies or whatever it is. Does anybody else go through that? Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I mean,
3: when when people die, it's sad, but it's also I'm I'm still tripping about Javier Maria's dying. I'm like, that's
4: that's too soon. He was only seventy. Yeah. With like, with certain writers, they're like ninety-nine and they haven't published anything in twenty years, and it's like, well, I mean, what it? They weren't supposed to live forever. Um,
1: Yeah, that's what I think. (laughs) Usually, when someone dies, I'm like. Nobody lives forever.
4: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Walter Abish, I don't even. uh, Legendary experimental writer. He was published by New Directions. He had a famous book called "How German Is It." Um,
3: (laughs) You made that up. That's
4: no, no, I didn't. Uh, uh, He passed away. He was ninety. How German is is it? it? Um, That's good. Ninety. Yeah.
0: Google the book. Damn. Ninety. That's a good age.
4: Ninety, yeah, that's a solid yeah, number. That is, that's not sad. That's like you good know, job. You yeah, a, yeah good that's good like life. good
1: job. You did
4: it. Yeah, um, I wanted to note. Well, Bernadette Mayer passed away. I like her poems. Uh, she was seventy-seven years old, and she was a wild one. She lived a, a wild life. Um. Let's end it with Stuart Woods, best-selling thriller writer. Stu. I've seen his books in airports and, uh, but yeah, never read a Stuart Woods novel. Gotta say
0: that I the name is like vaguely familiar to me on like a book jacket, but I.
4: Yeah, you, you've seen that name. Stuart Woods. Yeah, how old was he? Is there? He was. Ah, uh, the fuck, Joey? <laughs> he was 84. Okay. He was oh, 84 shit. years
1: old. Yeah, so. that was pretty good. 84, that's good. That's,
4: I like that.
0: That's a good
1: Yeah, error. is there
4: anyone I'm missing that, you know, any writer?
0: I don't know. Try to think. I'm,
3: it's notable that uh, Javier Marias died on 9 yeah. 11. Yeah.
0: He was involved in that, wasn't he?
2: <laughs> what?
0: He died of a broken yeah.
1: heart. Yeah, Javier Marias did 9 11.
0: He did nine eleven, <laughs> from what I heard. I heard.
4: Why don't we switch gears and uh, I wanted to know where all of you were on 911. Yeah. Oh
1: shit, yeah. Everybody remembers
3: that.
4: Yeah. You know what I don't. You
3: yeah. don't? That's great. <laughs> I don't. I have no idea. it was because something more significant happened like closer to that. So, yeah. Anyway, let's hear it. Let's hear everybody else. I want
4: to
1: Gene. I was in bed. I was in bed in uh, College Station, Texas. And my roommate was like, oh shit, get up. An airplane just hit a building in New York. And I watched
0: that, and then
1: I turned it on.
0: You were in college?
1: Yeah, I was in College Station, Texas, the home of uh, Texas A&M University. Why is it called College Station? Who the fuck knows? Like, it's like where they picked up all the college cows, I guess. Like, you know, like, I don't know fucking texas a&m university yeah um but yeah my roommate woke me up you know like he came into my room and was like oh my god and i was probably like what was september 11th was it was a weekday right it's like
2: a tuesday
1: yeah i was probably skipping class or something you know i failed out of college i was a fucking miserable sad sack So like you know he woke me up and was like check this out um And then I checked it out. And, you know, you turn on the TV and it's like, oh, fuck. And then the second airplane hits and you're like, oh, shit. And, um, you know, and then you're just paranoid. I was like fucking paranoid that the whole world was going to
4: explode for years afterwards. Yeah. The music is so good with the story. Uh, Did you know what the World Trade Center was?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was in college, so I wasn't totally ignorant about... I had seen Home Alone 2, and, like, you know... Yeah. I knew about <laughs> New York City, even though I was in College Station, Texas.
3: I knew it was a place where where, where, where they traded. I grew up in Oklahoma City, so uh, we had the Murrub. Uh,
4: oh, right. Graduate. Turn that music I mean, down a little bit. Just a little bit. Right. Uh, it's it's. Too,
3: it's <laughs> It's too
1: smooth. I would ne- normally never say turn down that song, but...
4: Yeah. I've never said that until right now, yeah. Uh,
0: but no, go ahead. The Murrah Building in Oklahoma City, you guys had some history, so that must have been like a, a weird place to be.
3: Yeah, so I was in junior high, and I was in uh, gym class, and we could hear the explosion, Whoa. and... Uh, yeah, I think I talked about this on your. Wait, podcast. in the further wait
0: guess. with the Oklahoma, the Oklahoma, <laughs> Oklahoma City bombing. You heard the
4: it, Timothy McVeigh, right? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, yeah. All right. Anyway, yeah. Dang. Um, I was in second grade when oh, yeah. 9/11 happened, and it was really early because I was on the West Coast, and uh, my mom came home from the gym at whatever, like 5:30, and she like turned on the news and. I didn't know what the world trade center was. So I thought it wasn't that big of a deal. Like it was just like a minor, like a, just like a little building, like a skyscraper, but not like, you know, the, the building. Um, and (laughs) so I didn't really understand, but then we went to school and then all we did all day was they just talked about that. The teacher didn't do class. She just like, had the news on
0: wait you were in second grade yeah jesus christ all right i was like
3: like 25 (laughs) joey's like 20 minutes into his joey wasn't even potty
0: trained in uh 9-11 i was like i i I had quit smoking cigarettes by the time joey got around to discovering 9-11 but uh no i was at my parents house and i remember the alarm going off at like 6 a.m in my room like old school alarm clock and remember uh do you guys remember bob edwards on npr i'm bob edwards remember that guy yeah that was what my alarm clock turned on to and it was literally like it turned on and he was like i'm bob edwards this is npr a plane has hit the world trade center and i shot out of bed and I walked out into the living room, and my mom was standing in the living room watching the first tower had been hit. And we just stood there next to each other. And I was like, "Then the second tower got hit. And it was like, just like Eugene. It was like, "Oh shit. yeah,
1: that was the most devastating part because the first airplane hit, and they were like, "Look at us. All the cameras got trained on it. I mean, they fucking like, holy shit, They fucked us up forever because they figured out the purpose way to fuck us up forever. Like yeah, dramatically. Like, Everyone saw this thing happen. You couldn't miss it because everybody's like, check it out. You got to turn on your TV real quick.
0: Well, RIP. Fucking horrible event. Thanks for bringing yeah. this up, Joey. 9-11. <laughs>
4: hey, <laughs> holiday podcast. <laughs> My cat is dying. Yeah. 9-11. Damn. Sprinkle in a little OKC bombing.
0: <laughs> I've, always, I've always thought that it would be funny to uh, have this song play at a funeral, like while the casket is being lowered into the
1: ground. Yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, The song that I want at my funeral is uh, Diana Ross's I'm Coming Out. <laughs>
4: <laughs> That'd it's be such a funny. Especially because everyone will be crying, but then they'll be yeah. kind of laughing too. Yeah.
0: Guys, we have about 10 minutes left on this uh, Zoom apparently. So we should uh you know, well, we should start to wrap up. I mean, what else we got, Joey? What's on the agenda? I,
4: I have something special, um, which is that because Brad's in the literary podcasting industry, he rubs shoulders with the likes of Michael <laughs> Silverblatt, David Naaman, Terry Gross, every once in a while they'll see each other at like a party or something. But we were gonna try and yeah, we we're gonna try rooms. and get we were going to try and get Michael Silverblatt on the program, but obviously he's a busy guy and he couldn't do it, but I did have him. Brad gave me his, his number and I called him and he, we played phone tag for a little bit and then he left me a couple (laughs) of voicemails. So basically I said like, do you have any questions that you would want to ask us for the holiday episode? Um, and he did, and so I saved some of those voicemails, and I can play those if that sounds like something you'd want to do. It's pretty cool to hear from him.
3: This is the closest I'll ever come to a Michael Silverblast. He had a right question.
4: Here. I told him who was going to be on, and he'd heard of uh, heard of you guys. <laughs> and he had a question for Gene, so I, I can play that if that sounds good. All right, yeah. let's hear it. Right. What is it. Let me know how this sounds.
2: So I wanted, I had a question for Gene. I've always, I've really admired HTML giant. Of course, in the early days, but even, even up until not too long ago. And I wonder, I've never known, I've never known where, the, where 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 did that name come from, HTML giant? Could you tell me a little bit about that?
1: yeah um (laughs) i actually yeah the name came before anything else michael (laughs) silverblatt um yeah i just registered that domain name um that's the big history of that and then i was like what am i going to do with this domain name sometimes i would register just domain names that i thought were cool and i still do it to this day like I've Registered, uh, my other big hits are McSweeney's too. <laughs> so I had that domain name for a while. Is
0: that live? Is that, that site up anywhere? Is
1: that... I got rid of it. Oh, you uh, did okay? A while ago. I had another one, uh,
0: alien smoking weed. I remember um, that. I
1: never, uh, I never figured out what to do with that one. There was one I worked with you for a second on, Brad. I showed you it was uh, death to all Oh,
0: yeah. What happened with that?
1: I don't know. I just didn't do anything with it. And then uh, Woke Jesus, which I registered early in the Woke craze when people, when Woke had a more positive connotation. And then as it shifted, I still have Woke, I still own WokeJesus.com. And I feel like I should sell that to somebody.
3: That's the key to bringing America together is is making that into a thing.
4: Yeah. Woke Jesus.
0: (laughs) All right, Joey, we've got six minutes left. Do we have anything else from uh, Michael Silverblatt?
4: Well, he thought Mira was going to be here, and she was a former guest on his program, so he did have a question for her. Um, He had a question for you, Brad. Actually, all right. Um, do who would you rather hear that his question for?
0: I I mean, you know, we can play him quickly. Let's see. Does he have one here? here.
4: Here's what he asked you, Brad.
2: Um, Brad. I wanted to ask you, what does the PPL stand for in other PPL? I've always wondered, and I just, I never knew, and I respect your program, and I don't want to tell others that it stands for something that it doesn't stand for. So could you tell me? Ah...
0: The PPL is a short, just shorthand for people. And I blame actually Mira and Spencer Madsen for that. like there was a time when I was like, you know, I need this show to relate to a younger audience or I don't know what I was doing. And Spencer, who's like, Mr. Branding was like, you need better branding, like PPL, other PPL is more memorable. It should be all lowercase, like all this shit, you know, I'm like, okay. Cause I don't know anything about that stuff. And so I changed it from, and there was also a band named Other People, like spelled the traditional way. So I was like, well, maybe I need to like own Other PPL. And I think it's just become the name of the show. But I imagine people are like, why the fuck is it called Other PPL? It's a weird name for the show. Like, The thing about it is that I put very little thought into the name of this podcast when I started it, because I thought it was going to be like a month long lark. And like the whole, I mean, it was just literally like Other People with Brad Listy because it just you know described what it was going to be in a very generalized way
4: i think it it's kind stuck. of interesting that it, both his questions so far have been kind of like about the names of like html giant what does that mean <laughs> PPO. what does is he, that mean? does he have one does he have one for tim before we go he did yeah he he had actually read um uh, tim's newest book modern massacres and he had a question about that.
0: Um, okay, let's let's hear it. Let's hear it. Okay.
2: One of my favorite books is the <laughs> wonderful novel, *The Recognitions*, uh, by William Gaddis. And I've always wondered, Tim, uh, were, were you inspired by Gaddis when you wrote? Modern massacres. Another, just another wonderful book to come out this year.
0: Wow. Hmm.
3: I love it. I love it. Uh, no, I've never read William Gaddis, and that's it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no influence at all.
3: Zero, zero. Maybe, um, you know, indirectly, uh, but.
4: I know. don't mean any disrespect to Michael, but it felt like he just wanted to like talk about William Gaddis, <laughs> Like name drop. Joey, interestingly, didn't you read the recognitions this year? I seem to recall this. <laughs> I did, but I think I might've like grown more interested in it because I had heard him say something about it. I can't remember, but.
3: I'll go, I'll go read it now. If that's uh recommend. Let
1: it influence your next book.
3: Yeah. 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 Uh, I can give a better answer, gentlemen. It's been
0: uh, a pleasure celebrating the holiday season with you once again this year. Uh, anybody have like a New Year's resolution? I don't know. I never have one. It's a dumb question. Does anybody uh, have mine's, any? Mine's
3: super basic, and I'm just, I'm just trying to lose some weight. Lose some weight, <laughs> dude. You know what I'm doing? I'm just, uh,
0: I'm, I'm like trying to. You, you take your body weight times fifteen. And then you try to eat 500 to 1,000 calories less than that number. Huh. I read that on like Harvard.com. I was like, all right.
1: Harvard.com. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I Sounds like one of Gene's domains. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gene, do
0: you own Harvard.com? Is
1: that Harvard yeah. Harvard2.com. Woke Harvard. Woke Harvard?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gene, what about you? What's your New, new Year's resolution?
1: <clears throat> I don't have one. I'm just trying to be healthier. I recently learned learned that I have a heart like lots of like trauma surrounding weight loss and problems with that because I was a fat kid. Okay, um, same. You know, like so I'm I grappling with 10. that a lot. Yeah, I'm trying to just like have fun. My therapist seems to think like uh, you know like I like working out. Historically, I've worked out multiple periods of my life and like gone crazy, but it's always through
0: anger. I'm always like,
1: I hate life. Let's work out and get strong.
0: We don't mean to be rude. Joey, we
4: have less than a minute. Go. What's your New Year's resolution? Yeah, just to uh, lose a little weight and just... uh... All
0: right. On that note, we got to go. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy Happy
3: holidays. holidays. Happy holidays. Happy happy holidays.
0: All right. All right. All right. Hang on a second. (laughs) All right, everybody. There we have it. That is the holiday episode. Joseph Grantham, Jean Morgan, Timothy Willis Sanders, and yours truly in conversation on a Saturday morning in December at 8 a.m. We were without Mira Gonzalez, who was supposed to be there, but slept in. You know, I, who knows? There's lots of edibles. There's always, you know, there's always a process. Caffeine, who knows? But Mira has a hard time in the morning, so she could not make it. And she wishes you a happy holiday season. I want to say uh, a quick in memoriam, a quick RIP to P22, the mountain lion, the famed mountain lion of Griffith Park here in Los Angeles, California. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, Google P22 Los Angeles and read about this incredible mountain lion that lived for more than a decade here in city limits inside of Griffith Park and you know just died today as a matter of fact the the lion was captured in somebody's backyard and it turned out to be in failing health and they had to euthanize it and it's just a heartbreaker it's it's weird the grief that I feel you know with the loss of that cat I liked knowing that that cat was here even though I did if I'm going to be honest with you I did worry that eventually it was going to eat somebody just because of food scarcity, the lion getting older, not being able to chase down a deer. The fact that I kept, you know, getting... There were, like, reports on the uh, the Neighborhood app. You know that app? It's, like, the most annoying app ever. Except when there were, were, like, videos of this lion caught on ring doorbells. Just walking down the sidewalk in Silver Lake or whatever. It was all over the place. And I kept seeing more and more, you know, P-22 footage on... Uh, on the internet and on the neighborhood app and I worried about it I was like something's gonna go on and then it just ate a chihuahua in November and I once that happened like somebody was walking the dog and the mountain lion snuck up the guy had no idea until all of a sudden this lion just snatched this chihuahua and took off and that was it and once that happened I sort of knew it was over I uh I I don't think they could have reintroduced the lion even if it were healthy back into the park once it had eaten a domestic house pet just because of, uh, like, children, you know? I don't know. I'm not a biologist. I'm not an expert. But I just sort of had a feeling once that happened that we were at the end. And then it turned out that the cat was in bad health. And I think it might have even... There were some indications or some whispers that it had been hit by a car. I don't know. But it's a huge bummer. I wrote about P-22 a little bit in my novel, Be Brief and Tell Them Everything, uh, because I'm a big hiker. And I was up in that park... You know, I'm up in that park almost every day it seems like. And I'm always thinking about it and I always will be. And it's going to be a legend in Los Angeles. And I hope that the cat is properly memorialized in Griffith with a statue. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot to be said about why that cat made people feel things, you know, something about being in an urban environment is overrun as Los Angeles. And I wrote all about it. I did like this big post on Instagram and on Twitter to, to kind of memorialize it. So If you want to know my thoughts, uh, you know, most lucidly on this subject, just go to uh, the other people Instagram. You'll see the mountain lion. All right. Uh, That's it. I'm done for the year. I will be back in 2023 with a slew of great conversations. I already have them lined up. I've got one of them in the can. I've got some great guests uh, coming up. I'm going to be talking with Dorda Norse, I think right out of the gates. Uh, I've got a conversation with Bruce Wagner in the works. I've got a conversation with Kashana Cauley in the works. Um, Trying to think of who else. Kevin Maloney. I forget. There's there's more. So suffice it to say, thank you for 2022. And I am looking forward to 2023. Stay tuned, everybody. And happy new year to you. If you are a person for whom the holidays are difficult, hang in there. They will be over soon. It will be a new year soon. It will be a new day. A new day will dawn. All right? All right. I will talk to you shortly.